Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in on a Tuesday morning, the beginning of a week after the Memorial Day weekend. Glad to have you with us and thanks for uh, being patient while we had the day off yesterday on the uh, long weekend. Hope everybody had a good, safe Memorial Day weekend. And uh, we are back now, ready to go with a busy show for you today. Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska will join us as well as John Baylor. We'll get you going with all the headlines, things you need to know this morning. Uh, so yeah, a lot to, lot to do here this morning already, starting out at 68 degrees in the capital city. And 30% chance of showers today. What do you guys think? What do you think? 30? Think we're going to hit that? 30%? Yeah. Of of how much? Like just just that e- anything falls? Every rain in Lincoln, everyone knows this, Caleb for a long time is 5/100ths of an inch. That is the <laughs> it's there's no longer a dome. I finally it's no longer a dome. It's actually a very specific amount. It's more of like a quota than a dome now. Five one hundredths of an inch. Uh, every once in a while, just get five one hundredths of an inch over the course of like five six times over the course of three months, and that's it's probably what your uh, it's probably your best chance of of getting. So yeah, actually maybe. there was uh, quite a bit of wet streets on my way in this thing, but the streets were dry at my house, and by the time I hit seventieth uh, and O, they were dry again. So it was between about A and Pioneers. I said that was someone just left a sprinkler on. No, no, this was this was puddles. Uh, I bet I know exactly how much rain they got though. I bet they got five hundredths of an inch. Yep. Nothing at the airport, That's, by the way. Well, like we call it, the uh, it was the the occasional spritzing uh, of Lincoln, Nebraska, that comes from Mother Nature, which we always appreciate. But yes, chance of rain, showers, thunderstorms, nothing on the radar. We'll see if anything happens. Uh, but then throughout the week, we're at thirty percent, forty percent, forty percent, fifty percent on Thursday. Um, if you like those odds, uh, may the odds ever be in your favor. Yeah. And hot, yeah, and and uh, and high eighties, uh, maybe uh, maybe touching ninety a time or two here this week. But that's what we've got in store for you on uh, on this shortened week on a Tuesday morning. Um, and yeah, here it is. Welcome to summer. Welcome to yes, still not uh, what the people in the weather industry call summer. They wait for the actual summer solstice, which doesn't still come for a couple of weeks, but. After Memorial Day weekend is over, the unofficial beginning, I would say, of summer, kids, college students, all now out of school for the most part. Pools are open in Lincoln as of yesterday. Uh, got them staffed enough that they can at least get them open for part of the time, and uh, some of them got opened yesterday and around the uh, around the city, other places as well. And so here we go, and I'm going to get home today, and there are going to be, uh, well, there'll be at least one kid there. Hopefully the other one's making money somewhere else, but <laughs> that would be that. Get out be, of my house and make money. That is, yeah, that is. That's kind of the uh, the change the, the change in normal routine that a lot of families are going to be taking on here starting today as well. So, hey, how was it for you to go to a high school graduation and it 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 be something that like it's not just a family friend 
or it's not a cousin or a net like your kid. Uh, what was that like for you? Uh, it was uh, it, like it, I know I know you did the reception, but right, not the graduation. The graduation. Was there. Um, first of all, there was a lot of work anticipating who was going to be ready with cameras and video when the point in the alphabetical order came that my son would go, <laughs> and it was a little. It was a little because they would list all the names in the program, but there were, for whatever reason, a few kids that weren't there. Um, and so sometimes there would be an unplanned skip. And so we started using, we started, we used the system of like, okay, when you start to hear, we would pick out kids we knew. And we we're like, when you hear this kid's name, be ready <laughs> because our kid's coming up soon after that. But I was actually really impressed. I was actually really impressed with the entire process because um at uh, i don't know what the number was but i think around 600 kids uh in that class in my son's class who graduated and they got that thing done pretty close to a straight up hour and a half nice with with that and so you got your you got your about five minute speeches by the principal and the superintendent a couple of students who spoke as well, school board member, very brief comments as well. And then they got going and kids would bring a card up. This, so this is what my, I, I was curious. I was like, man, pronouncing all these names mm-hmm. just sounds like a nightmare trying not to mess this up. And the people who did it, who my son said were connected with the school, uh, maybe I think maybe like work in the office or something like that. So they're familiar with a lot of the names. The kid would bring a card up with their name on it. So they wouldn't they wouldn't say anybody who wasn't there, and they'd give them the name. And my son said they would say their name back to them mm-hmm. off mic once. So so exactly so, like a college the, graduation is, does. Is that how they? I haven't been at a graduation for so long, or like the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But well, and we were we were at one just a few weeks ago for oh, my okay. sister. So exact same thing same where they thing. had the car. Apparently that's the that's the process now. How they do that exactly? <laughs> you can always tell, like at the college ones, when there's. There's a major that is specifically a lot of international students, and they go up, and there's some back and forth off the mic, and you're like, that person is struggle bus in yeah. this pronunciation. But then to see them like hit it, and the like the person just be like, yeah, but that's still, right. Even with someone saying it in your ear, like right before to try and duplicate that right off the right off the bat with all the noises that are mm-hmm. going on and everything else, I was really impressed. Now I guess I don't know if they get pronounced every single name right, but. I was really impressed with uh, with the people who did that and just the the sheer efficiency of the entire thing. Go through, go up, shake the hand of the the principal, shake the hand of the superintendent. By the way, what kind of what kind of raw hands does Dr. Paul Gossman have today? <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, on average, probably five six hundred handshakes times six. He shook about. Not including just informal handshakes that he had during the weekend. He had about 3,000, by my count, handshakes <laughs> of graduating seniors over the course of Friday until Sunday, which I'm telling you what, I'm, that's uh, number one. Number one, remember when we quit shaking people's hands and people were like, hey, handshakes aren't ever coming back? Well, yeah. they're back. Handshakes <laughs> are definitely back for better or worse. Handshakes are back with a I vengeance. Mean, I, I wonder, like, would they? Do they consider fist bumps or anything like that? Has that been? Remember was, elbow yeah, bumps, elbow bumps, right? <laughs> or the foot, the foot kick thing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but it was. It I'm was fairly a, certain we fist bumped our our principal at our graduation. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The, there was not. Much, he was also our football coach, though. So there, there was not much chicanery either among the students. Ooh. Like not really. 
Out of you know, you would think out of six hundred kids, you would get a little bit of that one kid. One kid walking on the way down. I know who he was too. Walking on the way down, like after shaking the last hand and getting his diploma, pulled out his phone and just stood in front of the students and took a selfie of himself. Not particularly disruptive yeah. or anything like that. Nobody did a cartwheel. Nobody did anything crazy like that. It was a very a very tidy, neat hour and a half ceremony. Everybody got their diplomas. Went outside, took pictures in the out front of the arena, and uh, went on to our second graduation party. Had the extended family here on from from Iowa, so that was nice. And yeah, I'm I'm ready for a break from uh, from parties though. <laughs> I'm all partied out. Wait, summer just started. You still I'm got all... tacos. Uh, yeah, yes, I do. We still do, and now we have egg casserole on top of it because we had brunch. Uh, but I shouldn't complain. There are a lot of worse foods that you could have to have for almost every meal. So not not too bad. But yes, we are we are glad to be in the clear a little bit. For now, this coming weekend is dance recital weekend, though, which is another. That's. That's a big deal all into itself too for for my other kid. Uh-huh. She's uh, getting ready for the Super Bowl of the year for those who are dancers. So we're that's that's shifting. Uh, that's shifting, and we got the big uh, University of Nebraska like orientation thing on Thursday of this week. And so the reality of having a college student will set in as well. So hopefully no, it'll set in when you start writing the checks. Yeah, that's true too. That's coming in a couple of couple of months as well. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I mean, I, I know Mark. I know you went over some of the uh, some of the news here this weekend. I didn't. I didn't hear a lot. I know uh, Chris Lofgren was down at some of the cruise events and had some pictures of that, but there wasn't a lot of news coming out of those, which I count as generally a yep. good thing. Yeah, that's so, what I would say. Yeah, I uh, did. I just didn't hear much about it, which is again probably uh, well, probably for the best. Uh, it's not easy to 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 get follow ups. Uh, I've got had a request in there for about an hour. With LPD, there was a report of a stabbing uh, just before midnight Sunday morning, Saturday night into Sunday morning. Uh, it's been listed as an aggravated assault, but uh, no other information. Uh, I've not heard back from uh, Lincoln Police. Not necessarily so. connected with the crew stuff, though. No, but this I mean, uh, this okay. was in the 8200 block just of O Street. So, oh, okay. So, it, so, you know, you don't really, until you can get more details. That's true. All right. Um, it did look like LPD was... Out and about this weekend. Anytime I was driving up and down O Street. It was not only out and about. They have gotten back to the old school speed. Uh, I know the, the police don't like it when I call it speed trap, but that's how we all all know it. They're back to the old school places for speed enforcement, I've noticed, Mark. Places that, uh, one that uh, I noticed this weekend was on uh, Pioneer Street, by that little park by Colonial Hills, so about, I don't know, 66th and, and Pioneers. There's a little driveway there by a park. When I was in high school, I always, like, I still have muscle memory when I go down that part of Pioneers, that there's going to be a cop there. Same thing on A Street, uh, about, again, about 66th and A uh, in that area. That as, you're, always, as you're approaching Pius, where, yes, it, goes from, <laughs> yep. where it goes from uh, two lanes to one lane That's each way. another one that they're always at. It's like they're. It's like they went back to some of those old standbys that I hadn't seen. I had. They used to always be there, and I feel like I'm seeing them there again. So, not that I got pulled over. Didn't ever get. Didn't ever get pulled over. My family thinks I drive too slow. To be honest, so they complain about that frequently. Dad, you're getting past. I don't know if that's a. <laughs> I notice that when I drive to work in the morning too. 
I will get past just constantly yes. when I'm driving and around. So do I. Uh, and I'm, I think I'm driving, uh, I don't know. I, I never feel like I'm in that big of a hurry. I think I just kind of like to take it, take it slow at about the speed limit. But I am the slowest person driving every Pri- morning in Lincoln. Prior to 6 a.m., some folks think that O Street's speed limit is 60. Yeah. P- and people, that's right. And, and, and that lights and don't matter. And that's not oh. even in the passing lane. No. Yeah, I'll see a, I'll see people, someone go through a red light once every two weeks. Like, definitely. What, once every two weeks? You see it. I'm like three times three times a week. Really? Easy. Interesting. At this light right here, 44th and no, I will get a green yeah. light to, to cross and to cross O Street. I am looking left, right, oh, really? left, right. Like even going across the intersection, I'm left. I'm like, okay, yeah. I got to punch it across it, here. It's especially bad when they've got one lane of uh, eastbound or of westbound. Oh, shut down due to construction here. Then people are really in a hurry getting through <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. And I, I constantly see people turning uh, left with no left turns uh, coming in. So, uh, Just, hey. Legislature's getting back together today. That day, eighty-six. Eighty-six. Here we go. Home Appro- stretch, Mark. Uh, appropriations. Man, uh, they're finishing up the appropriations bill, and then uh, select file twenty twenty-three committee priority bill LB five fourteen. That's the uh, voter ID details, okay. and an amendment uh, onto the appropriations bill on that. So voter id all right so last time this was when this was at first round there was only one vote opposing uh what they ended up the committee ended up settling on that was senator slama she was on kind of a a one-woman quest against this thing uh we'll see i guess if that continues if she's able to peel off any more votes for this doesn't sound like she'll get enough i wouldn't think to to make a significant change and uh, we'll I would probably it. go forward with basically the way it looks right now, but who knows? As we've learned from this legislative session, when you think you know something, you don't necessarily know something. That's right. And uh, Congressman Mike Flood had a town hall scheduled for late this afternoon into early evening up at North Star, and they've had to cancel that. He's headed back to D.C. for this debt ceiling uh, discussion. He's got to get, they got to have his vote on, on yeah. for the thing. Yeah, they do. I, I don't know if, I assume he's voting for it. I guess I don't know. I don't know either. Mark McCarthy and Biden came to, uh, uh, but not all the, not all the House Republicans well, that's, agreed. That's what I'm saying. Is that <laughs> wow. uh, you know it'll we'll, be interesting to see where Flood and I guess the other Nebraska uh, Republicans, they're all Republicans in the House, will will vote on this thing, or if they'll be behind McCarthy, or they will all be on the other side of this. And he's got to get a few. He doesn't have to get a lot. He's got to get a few to be able to get this thing passed. And I think that'll probably be, he'll probably be able to get enough. But you're right, there's definitely well, going to be some opposition. And there, there's probably enough Democrats that are going to vote for it to take it over the top. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. why I just has to get yeah. a few from his own caucus. Uh, and then and then that moves on. So with just hours, just minutes on the clock. Well, actually, hours they extended that deadline to June 5th. Oh, I th- oh God, they so, had all kinds of time. Uh, uh, Secretary, uh, Treasury Secretary Yellen uh, said June 5th. Okay, so we actually could have gone a little bit. for. Well, they do still have to actually get it done. So, And then the Senate's got to act. And then the Senate's got to act, right. So there you go. Um, and then, uh, Caleb, Nebraska baseball season ends three feet short of glory. Yeah. I still haven't seen that. I was listening on the radio because I was had picking up my daughter at dance class. It and, looked good off the bat. God. It looked real good off the bat. Uh, yeah. So, 
Anyway, they they would have had to go keep going, but boy, you just wonder if they had they been able to get that what Friday what that night would have been like in the in the park for mm-hmm. uh, one more do or die game uh, before they the championship came up. But uh, Maryland's the Big Ten champ. Nebraska season is over, and that wraps up. Right, that's it. That's well, it for, uh, I mean, for for our for, coverage, for our broadcast, for, yeah, yeah, for our broadcast coverage. The, uh, the Husker track and field team has got nationals coming up, not this weekend, but the next weekend. And okay, then that that's pretty much it yeah. that, on the twenty twenty two twenty three year the volleyball team. We'll talk to John Baylor about this today. They just took off for Brazil, yeah, for their did. international trip. They're going to the, try to stream the matches. Did you oh, really? see the, did you see the picture of uh, Coach Cook? No, in the pilot seat. Yeah, he was actually in the co-pilot seat. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, (laughs) no, I didn't. But uh, no, that's that's they are going to they're going to try and get those streamed if people they're going to try to. Yeah, I remember when Nebraska basketball went to I want to say Spain uh, a couple of years ago, somewhere in Europe. A couple they do these trips every what three years. This was I think two times ago or maybe last time that they went and there were some streams actually it might have been italy oh yeah it was when they went with italy and they did the documentary on the big 10 and oh, yeah. uh, and uh and trying to i tried to watch a couple of those games via stream not easy to figure out what was happening exactly <laughs> it was like it was like uh well you know i'm used to it now with a uh, big 10 plus but <laughs> it's kind of it like watching it's kind of like watching a big 10 plus broadcast uh, especially those that happen at other schools. So, By the uh, way, one other thing happening today. What's that? Open house at the new uh, terminal. Oh yeah, airport. I wonder. I uh, I might stop by that today a little bit. I'm gonna be flying out of there in a few weeks. Speaking of going out of town, and so I kind of want to see this new thing. Maybe get a little bit of a preview before I go there. So I might go ahead and check that out. Yep. See the uh, see the new the new duds over there. Three at to seven. Lincoln Airport. Yep. Free uh, parking. Hey, <laughs> we always like that in, at an airport. One thing at Lincoln usually can get some really good parking there. All right, six twenty-five. We'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Severe weather means interruptions, check closings, and cancellations anytime at KLIN.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, welcome back to 635. We've got 68 degrees in the capital city on your Tuesday morning. May 30th, 2023. Two days left. We forgot to say it, Caleb. The penultimate Penultimate. day of May. All right, sound off time. What do we need to get into today? Well, we mentioned it earlier. They got a deal, at least between House Speaker McCarthy and Joe Biden. Now, how many from their caucuses, their respective caucuses, are going to also agree to that deal and vote for that deal, especially in the House. Let's find out exactly what happened first, though. President Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy have reached a deal to raise the nation's debt limit. 
Now comes the hard part, convincing lawmakers from both parties to move this legislation forward and fast. The president's calling on both the House and Senate to approve the package within days. It would raise the debt ceiling until January 2025. It also sets budget caps for the next two years, keeping non-defense spending roughly flat for this year and allowing for a 1% increase the year after. Republicans say the deal satisfies some of their goals. It claws back unspent COVID funds, reallocates money originally meant for the IRS, and speeds up permitting for energy projects. All right, so... Push it until 2025, January 2025, meaning, do your math on that one or get your calendar out on that one, meaning the next time this comes up is right after we have an election. I wonder if that'll get brought up during the election. So that'll, that would, uh, yeah, that would put whether it's uh, Biden being reelected or some, the person who takes over instead of biden that will coincide i don't know what the exact date on it is but that'll coincide right with that person's uh either second term or new term starting out at this point so it's january 1st 2025 so um so then so you've got that so none of that will be actually happening during the course of the actual election that'll be uh, in the future as was said in the clip there so non-defense spending remains basically flat increased by one percent 2025 so you know that's things like uh education transportation obviously non non-defense things um and then let's see other things that are on here uh protects veterans medical care would maintain full funding for veterans health care would increase support for the pact acts toxic exposure fund by 15 billion dollars for the uh, next fiscal year uh, expands work requirements. This was uh, this was one of the sticking points here on this whole thing. So the agreement calls for temporary broadening of work requirements for certain adults receiving food stamps. So right now, uh, childless, able-bodied adults from 18 to 49 can get food stamps for three months out of every three years unless they are employed at least 20 hours a week or meet other criteria. So that agreement would just change the upper age limit to 55 in phases. Uh, It's 49 right now. And so that would move that a little bit higher. So there's that work requirement. And then they would actually roll those back in 2030 and I guess renegotiate them at that point. There would be exemptions for veterans, people who are homeless, former foster youth in SNAP. Um, And so those, those things are still there. So we'll we'll uh, see exactly how that impacts the actual number of people who are subject to work requirements. Then um, some of the COVID nineteen funds that were unspent would actually go back into the budget. Uh, would rescind about twenty eight billion in unobligated funds from the COVID nineteen relief packages that Congress passed. Would retain five billion in funding to accelerate the development of COVID nineteen vaccines and treatments, and funding for vaccines and treatments for the uninsured as well. Would also keep money for housing assistance, the Indian Health Service, and other um, and other measures as well. Remember, a lot of four point six trillion dollars have been approved in COVID nineteen relief funds since the beginning of twenty twenty. Uh, it would cut the IRS, uh, not cut the IRS completely out. Sorry, 
cut some of the spending and the funding that would go along with it. Felt like you should have led with that. The Inflation Reduction Act put about $80 billion in IRS funding. We talked about that at that time. Remember, we got into that big discussion about audits and those sorts of things. And so the deal would repurpose $10 billion um, from 2024, another $10 billion from 2025 appropriations to be used in non-defense areas. So that would be... Uh, that would be a little bit taken out of that those IRS funds, and those would go to other sp- spots. Um, borrowers would have to. This one might be interesting to people. Borrowers would have to begin paying back their student loans at the end of this summer, which Biden admin already announced. But this would uh, clarify that that's been in pause since the COVID nineteen pandemic relief. So that would be a part of it. And I think those are all. The, also, the agreement would also speed the creation of a Mountain Valley pipeline in West Virginia. Seems germane, but uh, so there you go. That just gives you a little bit of idea. Of course, people reacting to the deal uh, between uh, Biden and the speaker, uh, particularly uh, presidential candidates from the Republican side. Count Florida Governor Ron DeSantis as a no on the McCarthy-Biden debt ceiling deal. After this deal, our country will still be careening towards bankruptcy. Former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchison fully backs the bill. I think Speaker McCarthy has done an excellent job in shepherding this uh, for uh, the Republican majority. Vivek Ramaswamy praises McCarthy for, quote, nice incremental steps but is a firm no, saying the deal doesn't meet this moment in history. So reaction, as you can hear, I mean, even among even among the GOP candidates, but reaction among Republicans has been mixed. <laughs> Representative Dan Bishop of North Carolina tweeted a vomit emoji. <laughs> so uh, not a fan of that. Representative Matt Rosedale, Republican from Montana, set, put out a statement on Sunday, said he's going to vote no. Um, but then on the other hand, uh, South Dakota rep Dusty Johnson said uh, that overwhelmingly Republicans in the conference are going to support the deal. How could they not? It's a fantastic deal. Then you got Democrats who may not be uh, be all on this. Representative Jim Hines of Connecticut went on Fox News Sunday, said there's nothing in the deal for Democrats. And he's tempted to say that he's voting no as well. So. The, the expectations, at least of some of the people in the know, is that Republicans would produce maybe around 150, maybe a little bit more votes. If that were the case, then you would have to have 68 Democrats uh, would also have to back it at that point. So there's there's some questions there about this. So and they're going to have a hearing today that'll determine the rules and length of the time for debating the bill and any amendments on there as well. And then obviously has to go to the Senate after that as well. Will they be putting amendment votes on that? Could that hold up the legislation for a while as Mark said they've got a few days on this before they actually default on this thing. Um but if if the Senate can move pretty quickly if they need to, if they've got general agreement on this thing, bipartisan agreement. And so if they do, they could get this thing done by the end of the week and the president would sign it into law. So there's your primer on all the things that they've been talking about on that. Um, go to uh, Let's go to Iowa, Davenport, Iowa, a town maybe a lot of you have been to. If you've ever been into the downtown area of Davenport, there's... Um, there was an incident there this weekend with a collapse of an apartment building. You see some of the pictures on this thing. It's just crazy, and they're 
kind of trying to figure out exactly not only what happened, but exactly what kind of damage it did, not only to the property, but the people as well. Search and rescue efforts continue after a six-story apartment building on Main Street in the eastern Iowa city of Davenport partially collapsed. Eight people have been rescued so far. Now the good news, no deaths have been reported. One witness described the horror. There was a lot of screams, a lot of uh, cries, a lot of people saying help. Um, when the building came down, but that did not last. Officials say the collapse took place at 5 p.m. local yesterday afternoon. The cause of the collapse is not immediately known as under investigation. City officials say while work was being done on the building's exterior at the time, residents had reported water damage and had warned the building was in danger of collapse. Wow. Uh, it had to be. I mean, can you imagine that? It's terrifying. You're in your, your apartment and the thing just starts going down. Uh, out of nowhere, and amazing that nobody was more significantly hurt or killed in that whole thing. Now, so, da- Davenport, that's the one that we are, we're always watching if they're flooding, right? They had problems with that. Yeah, they were sandbagging like crazy uh, about a month ago. Mm-hmm. I remember talking about that. So, yeah, that was an, uh, yeah, that's interesting. They're talking about water damage on some of that stuff. Now, I don't know, uh, not necessarily related there with that, but crazy. I mean... <laughs> That a building can get to the point where it'll just collapse like that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, um, it's great that nobody was hurt or killed in that whole thing, but a little surprising. Nobody seriously hurt, I should, I should say, from what we know so far. Uh, so we've all probably had uh, an Amazon driver pull up to our uh, our front door and deliver something, drop something off. Um, maybe in, maybe some of you are actually Amazon drivers yourself. I always wonder about that job, like what it's like. Is it is it a good job? Is it is the schedule you know crazy? Those sorts of things. Well, a few Amazon drivers are saying, "Hey, the work conditions that we have are really bad here," oh. and to the point that they are initiating a class action suit Ooh. right now against. Um, against Amazon on this whole thing and take a listen to the reason why. Three Amazon drivers in Colorado are suing the e-commerce giant, claiming the company subjected them to such stringent working conditions they had to skip bathroom breaks or risk punishment. The drivers, an Iraq War veteran and two women, filed the proposed class action lawsuit last week. Amazon told KUSA it encourages its delivery partners to support drivers by allowing them to take time for bathroom breaks. But Iraq veteran Ryan Schilling says, he had an easier time going to the bathroom in a combat zone than while working for Amazon. Carmen Roberts, Fox News. That is one hell of a quote. <laughs> wow. Uh, interesting. I always wonder, I, I always sort of wonder about that. Like, I always, I always think, you know, knock on wood, hopefully this is never a thing, but I always think if I had to, like, you know, get a job really quickly, and that would always be... Driving around all day seems decent, like a decent job to me. Mm-hmm. All, all the driving-type jobs that are out there and exist right now, I always think, hey, you know, worst ever comes to worst, I'd find something where I could, you know, I had to do something for a little while, totally different. Something where I'm driving around seems pretty good, right? Listen to the radio... Uh, you know, see different parts of the city, those sorts of things, but maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> as long as I get a bathroom break sometime in there. Um, yeah, I always, I, I always wonder too what the of all of the because you've got all these. No, Amazon isn't a gig job, but all of these other gig jobs between food delivery drivers, Uber drivers, um, 
grocery driver delivery, those sorts of apps. I always wonder which of those nets the most money for people and which is the best, which people tend to think. Because I know there's a lot of people who do them, do multiple of them. Um, Like a lot of people will switch just between Lyft and Uber and do both of those. Mm -hmm. But I know there are some people who do food delivery and driving or why they pick one or the other. I think that'd be kind of a fascinating, fascinating deal. I actually did, during the pandemic, I was bored. I started buying, I started doing the uh, the Instacart, the groceries one. Yeah, you did. Just I, for something, just to help people out and just because I, I wanted something to do at that point. And that was pretty, that was, that wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. I would do that again, but I think, I think there's less of a dem- demand for that now, obviously, because pandemic isn't going on. And plus, all so many of the grocery stores have expanded so extensively their own free online um, things you've, you've talked about before Man, using that. Is, and so I don't know that as many people use that anymore. It is ex- insane the expansion that you have seen. Um, and I, like we're used to it now, but the high V over here on 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 O. They had to build, like, they put out an entire building yeah. that is now the drive-up pickup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's people got completely used to it, and you couldn't really turn that off mm-hmm. after a while. And now, like, uh, I'm never going, I'm, if I can help it, I'm never going in, into, into the grocery store yeah. at this point. And I'll go through, especially if you're going to give it to me for free, mm-hmm. right? We've got to make sure the order's right. Yeah, got to make sure. Yes, got to make sure the order's right, and then you got to be ready to get those texts about, "Hey, is it okay if I put this in instead of this?" And sometimes you're like, "Sure," and sometimes like, "No, that's not even close to what I was looking." Hey, is for. it cool if we put this in there? I mean, that's that's. I asked for an orange, and that's a banana, but I right. guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this story. I don't know. This probably doesn't have any practical application in in your own life uh, or impact you because it's out of India. But it's just, it's funny. It's crazy. So uh, an Indian government official uh, is going, uh, is in a, a, a in a dam area and decides he wants to take his phone out and take a picture of himself, right? It t- takes the selfie. You know, you're at a dam. You want to get a picture of it, obviously. And he fumbles the phone, whoop, 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 and splash right into the water. Now. The typical person would say, okay, that thing's gone forever. I'm going to have, hopefully I had, you know, hopefully I got my last Apple iCloud backup pretty recently. I have to, you know, I have to lay out the $500, $700, get a new phone, get all the data transferred over. What, you know, not this guy though. <laughs> he wanted his phone back because he was concerned about what was on it. Food inspector Rajesh Vishwas dropped his Samsung smartphone in the Kirkata Dam while he was taking a selfie last week. First, he asked local divers to jump in and try and find his phone, claiming it contained sensitive government data. And when that failed, he asked for the reservoir to be emptied. Over the next three days, more than two million liters of water were pumped out of the dam that's being used to irrigate 1,500 acres of land in the scorching Indian summer. The smartphone was eventually retrieved, but it wouldn't start because it was so waterlogged. Authorities later suspended Vishwas after he was widely criticized for wasting water resources. Gianna Jalosi, Fox News. Oh, crap. I don't think they, uh, uh, there was some misunderstanding of phone technology that probably happened there as well. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, that thing. So if you wondered if didn't we have a story earlier, though, where somebody lost a, a, an iPhone or some kind of a phone in the ocean 
Didn't we have that? It was a story yeah. out of Hawaii. Yeah. And somebody found it and sent it back to him, and he put it in rice, and it still worked. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this guy's tried to put his phone in rice yet, but um, but yeah, so his secrets are safe, but his phone doesn't work. You don't feel like the secrets would have been safe? <laughs> At the, the bottom, bottom of, the, of dam? the dam? You would think so. <laughs> you would think so. <laughs> Uh, all right, and then oh, a couple of couple of fun things here before we we wrap this up. Today begins the big Scripps Spelling Bee, where all the uh, elementary students from around the country, around North America, are going to be getting together and seeing who is the best speller of them all. The first round of the Scripps Spelling Bee begins today at the Gaylord National Resort and Convention Center in National Harbor, Maryland. Two hundred and thirty-one student spellers are competing from the U.S., Bahamas, Canada, and Ghana, with the final round happening June first. Last year, Harini Logan became the first contest champion to win after a spell-off, getting 22 out of 26 words right, with this as her final word. Morhen. M-O-O-R-A-G-N. The winner this year takes home about $60,000 worth of cash and other prizes, and the runner-up takes home $25,000. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. I'm going to need them to go to a slow-mo replay. Just to hear, just to make sure all those letters were yeah, right. Right, she was ready to. She was ready to get that trophy, wasn't she? <laughs> uh, all right. Last but not least, yeah, typically a big movie weekend, Memorial Day weekend. What was uh, winning at the box office? You can't live in that world unless you become a human yourself. Is that even possible? The live-action remake of the 1989 Disney animated classic made 95 and a half million dollars over the weekend. And is expected to make $117.5 million in box office receipts by the end of Memorial Day. If this is the finish line, I'm not afraid. Last week's number one, Fast X, fell to second this week, earning $23 million for a two-week total of $108 million. The galaxy still needs its guardians. And third this week was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which made $20 million and has now made $299 million overall. Kevin Uretsky, Fox News. Remake, sequel, sequel. That's where, I mean, we're, the, the, that's where we're at. Is there any, it, when, when you go over the, the top hits of the summer, uh, the expected like box office hits of the summer, what percentage of these now are remakes or sequels? It's got to be, I mean, it's got to be well over 50%, probably 75 80% it feels like i mean i know there are plenty other others that come out but just in terms of the ones that actually do well are these established franchises mm-hmm. and it's getting more and more and more that way that there are just tons of, oh well we got you know and last year it was top gun this year it'll be another spider man um well I'm even doing... if if you look you look down the list so remake sequel sequel and then the next one down is Super Mario Brothers, which right, which is a sort of a it, spin-off slash remake. It's so. it's a recognizable force, like yeah. it's something that you already know. Yeah, as an entity, how many original ideas are out there anymore? Yeah, like what what movies are even still left to come out this year that are? It's going to be an original idea. It's not part of a franchise. It's not a sequel. It's not a remake. Right. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, well, I wonder what the best non-sequel, non-remake will be of this entire, this is, I mean, you just, you go through some of the, the big one, you know, the, the Spider-Verse, that'll be, that'll be a big one that's coming out here again later this year, obviously Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, that's in that as well. 
Um, it, there's there's a there's a bunch of them. Um, so anyway, there you go. That's what's going on here this morning. That's it for your sound off. Oh, another Mission Impossible. There's another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I guess Barbie. Barbie's a spinoff of a toy too, though. Sort of like Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, but. All right, it's 656. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 658. LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Caleb found one non-sequel that he, he's looking forward to. Oppenheimer. That's about it, man. Which is, I think there's there's one coming out later this this year. I haven't seen any of the trailers on it called Napoleon. Okay, maybe the Oppenheimer one is um, um, World War II physicist Robert Oppenheimer. It's the, behind the atomic bomb. So, but they got a good cast in that: Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, Rami Malek, Florence Pugh. So, there you go. I found a non I found a non sequel non sequel non franchise. These things. Yeah. Yep. All right, uh, coming up during the 7 o'clock hours, the legislature gets going on its final days of this session with voter ID scheduled to be discussed today. We will talk to Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, and get us set for these final few days of the legislative session. We're going to count down the five things that you're going to be talking about today with your morning drive. That comes up at 7.35, and a little bit later in the show, it's the Jack Attack with John Baylor. Mr. Baylor joins us Tuesdays at 8.35, talk about a variety of things, including... The volleyball team's trip to Brazil as they're going to do a little international competition to get tuned up for the season that is coming in, I can say, a matter of weeks now. It is weeks. Several, but it's a few weeks. It's 7 o'clock, KLI and Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back on a Tuesday morning, May 30th, 2023. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Got 67 degrees in the capital city. Pretty cloudy right now, although, you know. The radar is not. Don't, don't get your hopes up yet for any rain. There is chances throughout the course of the day, uh, but the latest check of radar is yep, pretty much nothing at all in oh. the area. So, oh, I, I could have probably nothing told you that without looking. Yeah, I had to check for sure. Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, joins us right now. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? Happy beginning of summer, Jack. Yes, it is here. It's uh, the unofficial beginning of summer. The pools are open. The kids are uh, pretty much all out of school now. Uh, parents are trying to figure out what the kids are going to do all summer. Yeah, we're we're in that realm right now here on a Tuesday morning. And we are going to finish up this legislative session, I guess, at some point. <laughs> Boy, it feels like it just started, doesn't it, Joe? Uh <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a few more days left in the uh, in the legislative session, and voter ID is back on the docket today. I believe it's on select file, which is the second reading um, that will will happen today. Last time this came up, uh, th- there was a, there was a vote to advance it from first to second round. There's only one dissenting vote at that point from Senator Slama. She's been kind of on a um, she's been uh, had some strong opinions about the bill that is out there right now, and she really doesn't like it. Uh, could end up in some kind of a court challenge. Uh, but the the next two rounds that are left to go here on this, is there any reason to believe this will, will just 
kind of be more of the same where she'll obviously have some things to say, but it'll pass overwhelmingly uh, through the legislature and presumably get signed by the governor after all of that? Yeah, I can't imagine it goes any other way. The only question is what you alluded to a second ago is her indicating that uh, she's willing to take this to court. uh, And her comments from the floor, she is convinced uh, that if it gets to court, what they passed is not going to be found constitutional uh, in aligning what the voters of Nebraska asked for uh, in November. And she thinks that then will necessitate a special session sometime this summer. Now, as we all know, uh, the courts usually move relatively slowly in these things. Yeah. Now, I understand that, that they're going to look at this. Let's assume that there's, there's a lawsuit and it, it gets to that point. Uh, the courts, they will know that there's there's some sort of a deadline hanging over this because uh, it, it may sound like a long way off, but if, they want, if, if this is going to be done by May of 2024, the election commissioners and the clerks to handle the... Uh, county elections across the state, uh, they need some time to figure this thing out and make sure it's all implemented in their own regions. So there will be some pressure on on any judge to get this, you know, before him quickly or her before them quickly, take a look and and decide whether they think it's going to go to the state Supreme Court for a a final fight. I don't know. uh, It's very clear that Senator Slama is unhappy with, with with, with the deal that's out there. Um, her biggest complaint, and I think this is probably where we are in the nuts and bolts of this, uh, her biggest complaint, and we've discussed this before, is she wants, on, on mail-in early voting, she wants a notary to look that voter in the eye and, and, and sign their name to it, and a notary would sign as well, verifying that that's the person who is submitting that ballot. Uh, the way the law is now written the safeguards, quote-unquote, are taken at the time the ballot is received uh, by the individual. Uh, That's when the voter ID would take effect. So there is that gray area between you get the ballot and what happens with it between that time and the time it's submitted. And that's where Senator Slamba says uh, that, and she says that there's about a dozen other states in the country. I think there's 35 states now that have voter ID, and 30, and maybe a dozen of those states, uh, Missouri being one of them, uh, go with this notary situation. And she says that that's what the voters of Nebraska uh, asked for in November. They wanted the most secure voter ID possible. And in her mind, I, that's what the notary uh, allows uh, Nebraska voters to get. So that's the real crux of it. Uh, she's on, sort of on a one-person state senator crusade here. Uh, but uh, we will just have to wait and see. I still am kind of surprised that she and other senators on this, and Senator Brewer kind of was the the one who uh, was carrying the banner for the the bill and doing whatever negotiations that there were. And then she and the the actual Pillen administration, Secretary of State, that this has been kind of so publicly fought out during this whole thing, where these are people who are generally allies on on quite a bit of other things how did it how and why do you think it sort of got to the point that it did with this whole thing where there's this sort of big very loud divide on this well i'm not sure i know the the origin of the divide but there's already speculation uh around the state capitol that senator slama 
could be running for Secretary of State in a couple of years. Now, oh. it's three years off, Yeah, uh, but uh, she's, I think, well, she's term limited. So her term, unless I'm mistaken, she's done at the end of either next year or 26. I think it's 26, but uh, that would be right in basically in time uh, when she might consider running for Secretary of State. And that would be, you know, that that's who basically, I mean, she's been very careful not to blame, quote unquote, blame any of this on, on Senator Brewer or the committee. Uh, but clearly her, she has uh, uh, put her arrows uh, at the Secretary of State, Bob Evnen, blaming him for what she sees as a, as a not uh, secure enough uh, voter ID situation. So, you know, whether it's rumors, uh, gossip at the Capitol or what have you, there is some discussion there that maybe she's eyeing the Secretary of State slot when, when she leaves the legislature in a few years. Yeah. And maybe that's it. I guess, you know, it is. I did say the Pillen administration, but I should have pointed out those are obviously elected officials, not appointed officials. Is there any reason to believe that the the governor wouldn't sign this after it's all over? Is, do you know, has he said much about this whole thing? Uh, well, to answer your last question first, no, he hasn't. Uh, but I would find it hard to believe he would, uh, he would, you know, veto it, uh, for, for, if for no other reason, uh, unless you get, unless you would get a mass exodus from the, from the people, I think it was 42 or 43 people that voted for it, uh, his over, his veto would be easily overridden by the legislature and no, no governor really likes that to happen. Uh, but so there's been, so, so A, there's been no indication from him that he would that he would uh, knock this thing down, and B, it, the numbers just don't seem to add up that it makes any sense for a veto because, as I said, I can't imagine it doesn't get overridden. Right. Well, and then the other question would be: then you know, it leaves if if there's no legislation passed, you go into assuming there wouldn't be a special session, you would go into election season in 2024 without anything on the books or being able to get anything. Um, maybe with the time in terms of the primaries and and those sorts of things. So that probably factors into this whole thing as well, which in and of itself, Joe, it is kind of interesting that all these new things are going to be happening for some really significant primaries, some really significant you know, presidential year election with a general election in 2024 as well. So kind of trial by fire on this whole thing. Yeah, and and it will take, you know, it would take a, if the governor didn't sign it, uh, and let's say the legislature didn't override it, uh, and so you had no legislation out there, and you didn't have you you would you'd have to have a special session at some point. The, the problem is, what would it be? Sort of a, a continuation of what we just saw, or, or how or, or how would that bill change? How, uh, I, it, it's uncertain to me how that would how that plays out. Now, right. if the court comes, if the court says this is not good, if you can't do it this way. Then the legislature has to make some changes. I get that, but if there's if it's just there's, there's no you know there's no piece of legislation out there, I can't see where a special yeah. session would only be, just be a big mess. Yeah, you're right. You're right to go back to your very first answer on this thing. There is an interesting scenario. Senator Slama is right where she thinks you know the court is going to knock this thing down, and I don't know if that that's true. But if that did was the case, then the timing gets really interesting. Is it done? And, and this is exactly what you're saying. But is it done? 
in time where you could call a special session? Would you have the support to call a special session? Or then does it become another item up for debate in the next legislative session? And then at that point, you've got a, you know, you've got a, a primary coming up in, in May that you would want to use this for. And could it be done in time to, if there was some sort of delay for some reason on this thing, could it even be done? I know these are all hypotheticals, but they're pretty significant ones given the, the, the importance of the election that's coming up. Well, and the other thing is, I'm not aware of any other state that's, that, that has approved voter ID that went into this sort of cathartic situation that, that Nebraska faces if a court were to say, no, what your voters approved, you guys didn't live up to, and you got to start from scratch. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. It will be, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, all right. You had a chance also to uh, talk to Governor Pillen uh, about some some things, and um, you asked him some questions about the new abortion ban that he signed. I mean, the, the bill was obviously the one that was combined with also the transgender care, um, and you know, obviously, no secret that he was a supporter of the bill. He signed it. He had some you know strong words supporting it. Did you find anything? Uh, uh, I guess what were you what were you hoping to find out when you talked to him, and what did you find out? Well, during the during the floor debate, uh, there was there were a couple of times questions were raised about the twelve week ban. What happens if if a if a doctor performs when a, what they call <laughs> sort of a questionable uh, procedure? Contested abortion. A contested yeah. abortion. Yeah. It, uh, it, was it an abortion? Wasn't an abortion? Uh, and of course, the question is, what happens after twelve weeks? If, if if some doctor clearly performs uh, an abortion, uh, the questions were raised on the floor that uh, would it, would a physician be criminally prosecuted in the state of Nebraska? Now, at one point, Senator Rippey, who was sort of the key vote to put this thing over the top for the give it 33 votes and and the uh, and the filibuster, he asked uh, Senator Hansen, who chairs the uh, Health and Human Services Committee, if he would sort of like guarantee that the language in the legislation will make it sure that there was no doctor prosecuted. And Senator Hansen said yes. It was very short. It wasn't, there's no elaboration on it. Right. But some other lawmakers have said that they don't believe that, that they think there's got, doctors will be criminally prosecuted. So I asked the governor, uh, and I think for the first time that he'd been asked if he could guarantee that no physicians in the state of Nebraska would be criminally prosecuted. And the answer to me wasn't really clear. He kept going back to the fact that, yes, we have this, that, that that's a, sort of a leftist uh, argument. He said that, uh, kept going back, well, 12 weeks, we've got, we've got a 12 week ban and we've never, when we had a 20 week ban, which was for the last decade, so there's never been a doctor prosecuted. So in effect, why would we prosecute doctors after 12 weeks? So, which led me to the question: Well, if there is no criminal prosecution, what prevents a doctor? <laughs> what from stops doing- them? Yeah, right. And, and then he said, "Well, uh, I guess that would be a uh, at, at a, an abortion clinic." I said, "So, well, there would be criminal prosecution possible." And he never said yes, and he never said no. Uh, he, he, in, in, in terms of the. During the, the before the twelve weeks, I'm pretty sure he was saying there would be no criminal prosecution on this uh, contested abortion issue. But even that, is, it's not a hundred percent clear. And I do think that, that, that there's going to be some contentiousness in, out of this uh, out of this session of the legislature regarding this the question of this uh, consented abortion, contested abortion rather, and uh, how that plays out in 
what effect it has on doctors as they as they talk to their patients. Yeah, um, yeah, you were you were saying. Right. What happens if somebody does does get an abortion after 12 weeks? You said, what if they do? He said, well, if there's an abortion clinic, that'll be a problem. Right. And then you said, so there would be some criminal prosecution potentially. And he said, if the doctor performing abortion, if the doctor makes the decision that's in the best interest of the mother to lose the baby, that's the patient doctor relationship. So I'm not I'm not totally sure what that what that means with that answer in the context of the question there at that point. But yeah, it's a, I mean, it is a depend, no matter what side you're on on this, you'd say, okay, well, what teeth does this have then? Right. If there is, if if there isn't, or, or there is, and you should say that, or there isn't, and you question whether or not it's actually going to have an impact then. Yeah. Before this ever got to the floor during some of the committee, during the committee hearing on the, on the legislation, which at that point was six weeks, because uh, there never was a public hearing mm-hmm. on the 12-week part of this thing. But when it was six weeks and that was the public hearing, this question came up there, and uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't, you know, there was discussion of uh, reasonable medical uh, practices. And, of course, that only gets into the question of what, you know, who's defining what reasonable is. So, and there were some lawmakers who, during that hearing, raised the question of doctors are going to be, you know, reluctant to to get into this area. So. So they're going to stop doing these procedures to begin with, maybe leave the state altogether. Uh, you know, I guess we're only going to, it's one of those things, time is going to tell us yeah. over the next, you know, year or two, uh, are physicians leaving the state? Uh, aren't they? Is it, is, it, is it becoming more difficult for women to get with their OBGYN? I don't know. The, yeah. We're not going to know the answer to these things for quite some and, time yet. And what does enforcement look like? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the... That's the other thing there. All right. Hey, uh, I'm out of time, Joe. Uh, always appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, a few more days left to go on this whole legislative situation. And then who knows what we'll talk about. But I guess we'll find out here coming up this summer. Appreciate your time. We'll talk to you next week. All right? Take care, Jack. Thank you. you Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska. It's 725. You listen to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Soft grind. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is the Morning Drive presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, let's get things started today on the Morning Drive with... Number five. Oh, let's talk politics for a couple of Yay! minutes. Day Finally, 80- I missed this over the long weekend. Day 86 of the 90-day session unicameral. See uh, several appropriation bills discussed. And the voter ID bill, uh, Senator Brewer's uh, photo voter ID uh, and an amendment all going to be discussed today in the unicameral. And Nebraska U.S. Congressman Mike Flood had to cancel his town hall that was scheduled for North Star High School for this afternoon evening, late this afternoon evening, because he's headed back to D.C. for this debt limit bill discussion and vote. So, you know, we'll see where it all goes. Yeah. Um, as as Joe said, it sounds like, you know, the, the big question on voter ID isn't necessarily whether it's going to get through the legislature, but bigger question is going to be what kind of in this case with a lot of bills this session mark is what happens in the courts after the session ends and i'm surprised that there hasn't been something on the uh, uh, abortion issue yeah filed yeah now that it's been signed that you're that you 
probably developing standing and who the plaintiffs are and those sorts of things right now, or maybe drafting it. But I assume there'll be something soon. But there will likely as well, as Senator Slama has kind of forecast on this thing, be something there. And now she said, she said she thinks this will have to come back for a special session. That'll depend on a lot of things. Obviously, the way that the court rules, the timing of this whole thing as well. Um, if if the uh, people who are challenging it, basically saying it's not doing the will of the voters that was put in with the ballot initiative, are successful on this whole. Would thing. it have to be a special session, or could they possibly take it up next year? I mean, that's that's what Joe and I were were talking a little bit about. They they could. It's just I don't know. Then the question becomes: In the election, can, can cycle, you have it yeah. ready? Can you have all the whatever is changed the whole thing? Can the counties be ready then? for the primary in 2024, which I don't know if we have that date set. It would be probably about a little under a year from now, uh, about this time. Sometime in, usually what? And Let me look here. It's usually in May, and, and they've had them on different days for the Democrats and Republicans, too, during the primary. So that's, that's the other question is, can you be ready if you're doing it during next legislative session? Can you be? And maybe you can't, and, and maybe it's not going to be. And maybe the first time you're doing it then... If it if it went all the way back, and this is a hypothetical we're talking about right now, it could go into get signed and go into law, and nothing it could be yeah. in, in effect completely at that time. So, um, but yeah, that's the uh, that's the question on this this whole thing. That in the final appropriations discussions. So. Yes. Yeah. There you go. All right. Moving on. Number four. Open house this afternoon, three to seven at the uh, new. Well, it's the remodeled, refurbished. Lincoln Airport Terminal. Uh, they've got six new gates, North End, just uh, in time to welcome a new airline coming into Lincoln. Uh, that starts uh, in another week or so. Free parking, snacks, drinks available today. You'll be able to see the uh, new gates get up there. Uh, once this is over uh, done, then TSA is going to start putting in their security equipment. And if you want to see it after today, you'd have to be a ticketed passenger. Okay. And I will be in a couple, not, not far after that. Uh, we'll be flying out of Lincoln. I, I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to, but I did want to check it out. I'm going to have a chance to when they, when I'm actually flying there. But I am curious how different it feels, right? I mean, le, le, I mean, let's be fully, completely honest and transparent on this thing. Lincoln's airport, one of the reasons, historically, um, one of the, it's not always been that it didn't feel... It didn't feel airporty necessarily. I don't necessarily well, mean that in a good way. You really didn't have any services once. You yeah, there were security. no. That's a, yeah, that's that's a better way of of explaining it. Like even there were times there were like, oh yeah, they got that gift shop there, and then like it wouldn't even be open, right? right? And 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 those sorts of things. And so I'm glad that they are are being attentive to. And I don't know that I'm necessarily picking or not picking that airport for that reason. But I just think it all kind of goes into the overall reputation of of the airport, and well, that's the, that's a part of it too. And so I'm glad they're they're doing this. I'm looking the, forward to the seeing original it. airport was built in a previous. Uh, the, a lot has changed since that was built in that construction. Uh, there, there you, when it was built, there was no security issues. <laughs> right, you could go to the restaurant, walk to the gate. Right. Uh, yeah. And now you've got to go through. And all there the, was was a restaurant. Yeah. Well, there was a restaurant in the middle that yeah. served both ends right. of the terminal. That's true, yeah. Now, all the gates will be on the north end, so the restaurant and the bar it all just, is up there. It felt a little, it feels a little ghost towny in there sometimes, back in the, the 
my past years of of flying there. You know you, what I mean? You should try flying out of North Platte sometime. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I I in a former life I had to fly out of North Platte a couple of times down yeah. to Phoenix and yeah, and so yeah. It just yeah I don't know it just felt it. It felt more depressing than an, an airport sometimes can already feel that way, but it felt even more depressing. And so I'm thinking a lot of that is going to feel a little bit different now with this. And I think that's a, a good thing. But you know, I'll say it again. I, I think they did a great job getting these, having these options for other flights. And um, what the other I think that, that's going to be the, the by far the biggest thing here right now. Well, and this these, the, these uh, new flights will be a larger aircraft. So, you know, it's not just the commuter yeah. uh, size planes. And, and they might have, you know, they're going to hopefully be getting more people through that place and yeah. have more needs for some of these these services that we're talking about. Today. Right. So, all right, moving on. Number three. Well, it was uh, the cruise uh, of the weekend, O Street Cruising. Uh, Chris Lofgren was there, on, I believe, on Sunday night. He sent some pictures in. He probably has got a firsthand uh, knowledge of it, but no issues that we're aware of. A couple of speeding tickets, I think, uh, issued by LPD, but uh, nothing like we had last year with uh, injuries, a uh, speeding car, not part of the cruise, by yeah. the way. Want to point that out? Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. But uh, all in all, it sounded like it was a, a pretty good time, although it cleared out early, I believe. Here's well, a- there, there were a lot of parking lots that I noticed that were just blocked off. So that oh, the, they didn't the, want people there. So that the, the police, the, so that not just that you didn't have people there, but I believe one of them, which used to be the the fresh something that's fresh just time, fresh time, and now they've got a new, I believe, Vietnamese Asian place market, in there. Yeah. Um, that was completely blocked off. And any time that I saw that, because you had a uh, an LPD like station there. Interesting, Chris. You were down there. What'd you see? Yeah. Well, you're right. That uh, fresh and time was closed off. And Barnes and Noble area was closed off. There were cars, of course, in traffic at the grocery store High V, and then on the south side, along the strip mall. There, there were quite a few cars and a lot of people sitting yeah, on. That's the, where your pictures I'm the, looking at here yep, by that Jiffy Lube. That's yeah. right. Yep, there were still quite a few people there. A lot of cars moving back and forth. That was about 10:45 Sunday night. So there were quite a few people out, even that late. I saw at least three police cars stop people. I don't know if they were speeding. I didn't see what the infraction might have been, yeah. but uh, they they were stopping them. There was a big police presence. A very big police yeah. presence, and I don't know if I got that shot in there, but they had the the big uh, uh, the mobile command center was command center. Yeah. That's right. Thank you. Were there yeah. were people doing like the burnouts and stuff and pouring water on the street? And I saw a lot of rubber on the street, but I didn't see anybody doing any of that. Okay. Then at that point, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember driving. You remember driving yeah. through that street last year after oh, yeah. it was and all over the place. Yeah. Yep. So. So, Very good. All right. Well, good news. Thank you, Chris, yeah, for the uh, firsthand report of, of uh, what was going on there. And hopefully everybody had a good, safe time with that whole thing and didn't end up, end up, end up in jail, if possible. Made getting across town to get my blizzards a little bit more difficult. Oh, bad timing for needing. I was like, I want a sweet treat, and that's bla- exactly what I want. Bla- bad time to have a blizzard attack. <laughs> Number two. Well, unfortunately, it's another weekend. Very little rain in and around the capital city. Chances do continue uh, today into the week, uh, but we're wrapping up another month well below normal on the precept. So I've got the number here. I think I've got the most the up-to-date number. Uh, 
0.51 inches for the month of May is the total. Half an inch for the month of May. So if you then go back, if if that's right, and then you go back and you look like, no, I went away from the page that I was looking at. But that's three straight months uh, without without uh, in, uh, rain, excuse me, uh, without precipitation of over an inch in in a month at this point. And if you want to go back through here, April was 0.59, March was 0.63, February with the snowfall, you actually got to 1.29. But we have not had a month over two inches of precipitation, of the water precipitation, since July, last July. Wow. 0.55 August, 0.97 September, 0.61 October, 0.26 November, 0.64 December, 1.32 January, 1.29 February, 0.63 March, 0.59 April, and then right around half an inch for the month of May. And it's been unusually wet out west part of the state. I mean, they had uh, you know flooding in the southwest corner. Thedford over the weekend had three-inch rain. And that's there in the Sand Hills, uh, home to the Havocan Beef Ranch. Uh, and I imagine that the uh, Sand Hills up there has got grass, you know, way over your head by now. So. Like, if I go back and look at the combo of, like, April and May from, like, previous Mays, for instance, last year, 5.27. May's usually pretty... Uh, 2.55, 5.09, 7.29, 2.23, 6.29, 5.42, 2015, 10.9 inches. That was too much. 5.26, 8.44. Like, this is crazy. And April is the same, right? Like, 3, 4, 3, 4, 2, 3, 4. So, you are stacking month on month on month here with way below normal with this. And it just seems like every single time it looks like it's coming, there's a chance that it might come, it never materializes. Or it's so, spot- it's so or spotty. It's, or it's the spritzer. Yeah. It's, the, it's the spritz and the .05. We have mastered the .05 inches rain here in Lincoln. And I think that's how they got to .5. They got 10, day, 10 days you know, where you had .05 inches. This kind of lines up with your getting a dog last year. That my dog made it stop raining? I'm wondering. <laughs> That's interesting. This is all Reggie Jackson's honestly, fault. I had not I had not considered that whatsoever. I just, I just remembered that. Uh, June, by the way, the range that you typically see from June, we've had Junes that have been low as .58. We've had Junes in 2018. We got eight inches of rain in June. So that could be anywhere, too normally with this thing. But. Mark, you can probably speak to this a little bit, but when we're looking at the the amount of rainfall and how dry it is in the droughts that whether it's over the last decade or the limited rainfall that hasn't been seen since the Dust Bowl, the technology in agriculture and in soil treatment, since it is so much better, is pre- preventing us from having another Dust Bowl right now. Right, yeah. I mean, the, the no-till or, or minimum-till uh, and then uh, the irrigation, you know, they're able to uh, keep up with having crops. So, by the way, uh, the uh, we were down in Oklahoma for the uh, holiday and driving up. Wheat starting to turn already in northern Oklahoma, southern Kansas. So, we're getting close to harvest season yeah. kicking off. Oof. So The last time that we've had nine months in a row of under two inches of precipitation. 2012. 2012. Yep, yep you got it. So, and that was starting later in the summer, though. That started. That streak started in July. Went July, August, September, October, November, December, um, January, February, and then in March, March of 2013, you finally got two inches. Then you had a pretty wet year after that. But 
you don't see streaks like we've got. I mean, they're, they're very rare when you go month by month on these things. So hopefully it's all going to come down at some point. Uh, I'm glad we're working on that water 2.0. <laughs> we may need it. Hey, instead of a 60-degree guarantee, <laughs> yeah. should you get some precipitation? Preci- Ooh, man, that's a good idea. We do a... Uh, Six-tenths degree? S- s- will we ever... <laughs> Six-one-hundredths, Garen. <laughs> Can it get to six-one-hundredths? Sixty-one-thousandths. Guarantee. Uh, I don't know. I, but listen, if that's what it's going to take at this point, if we're still talking about this a month from now, we may have to look into that. I, I think my, my lawn is screwed. My mother, oh my god! Mother Nature would do this just to make sure you lose a guarantee. Fix your sprinkler system. Listen, I got. We got. There's a lot of. We're paying for graduation parties and college and all kinds. I mean, the, it's just low on the priority list right now. So I've been hauling. The, I mean, I've been moving the sprinkler around myself. I've been doing the work, but spritzing. I've been doing more than spritzing, but <laughs> Mother Nature does it a lot better than I can, is what I'm finding out, unfortunately. So, yeah, maybe next year. Maybe next year I'll get the green thumb of the neighborhood. This year I'm just going to try and not be the you're gonna, topic of conversation you're, on the next door. You're be number one in the neighborhood this year. Yeah. Number one. I don't forget Big Brother. Actually, this one's a little bit scary. Advanced artificial intelligence technology that already exists could let a loser, a user, <laughs> a user. Guardian slip. Uh, all they need is a photo, or they might be able to just take a picture of you at a coffee shop and find out more about you than you want anybody to know. Oh, boy. Or be able to predict. Uh, Kevin Barragona, founder of DeepAI.org, has this prediction, and it's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, yeah. So basically, they're saying right now, with the technology that exists right now, you could put a picture into certain AI engines, or and basically find out all the information there is about them, where they've been, what they do, what time they do things, and as you said, predictive sort of things about where. You know, you have a routine. You go somewhere at a certain place, certain time, when they're going to be going there. So, all right, that part of it's scary. Whatever, I don't want to think of that. How can we use this for the football program? <laughs> can you can you expound on your uh, your? I ideas? want predictive models about what Minnesota is going to run on the second play of the game if they picked up 15 on the first play. I want to know exactly so, what is going to. Do happen I just at- need to submit a picture of PJ Fleck? Probably, and then it'll give me I their guess. game plan. I hope so. Oh, oh, I don't know, but oh. if we if we've got predictive models for all this scary stuff, let's use it for something useful. I'll bet you could do it if you consistently uh, tallied the first five games. What they do in certain situations, it could probably do just that. By the time we get to October and November, you can know exactly what the play calling is going to be. That's right. But then they would also know exactly what defenses you'd have. So. Yeah, they don't. They don't have this technology in Minnesota. Man, we're gonna know everything about everyone. There are gonna be no secrets. <laughs> there are gonna be no secrets in the future. Nothing. It's gonna be crazy. How long until we have a what? What is that called in China? The, their like society score. Yeah, yeah, like the social score. The social score. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I keep wondering how long it's gonna be until we have. I, I assume this will happen at some point. But, like, you know how sometimes you track your, you're trying to eat healthy, you track your calories, you track all your stuff, you enter it into the phone. How long is it going to be until our bodies, or there's a, a device that 
actually does that automatically with everything that we eat. And we've got a readout then exactly how many carbs we've had during the day, how many grams of fat, how many calories that we've had during the day. Well, don't don't some some of the technology with diabetics doesn't it already read some of that? Maybe it does. Or or is that just reading where their sugar levels that, are? I'm not sure. I'm not well, sure. There's but there's continuous glucose monitoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah glucose the, monitoring. But I'm saying like every morsel of food you put in your body, it'll just automatically know well, you, the full nutritional. Today value. you had 43 grams of protein instead in, of just nothing else. Instead of just saying, ah, that's about a quarter cup of cheese. We'll enter that. <laughs> That seems Sir, like enough that's salt. that's one cup of cheese. If Face ID can <laughs> handle it, you could certainly do it with food. That's a problem with tracking that stuff. I'm like, I get very loose with some of the measurements sometimes. Yeah, that looks like about two tablespoons of ranch dressing. All right. That, that was like me yesterday making the uh, the beer batter for, for the fish because I fried some up yesterday, which was really good. But... It was like, oh, about a third a cup, a third a can of beer. And I was pouring it. And I was like, whoop, a little bit for the fish, a little bit for me, a little bit for the fish, a little bit for me. I don't know. The batter could probably use some more beer. Looks like a good guy. <laughs> All right. That's it for your morning drive presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. You're, You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Welcome back. Caleb, I was trying to think over the weekend. I, we're already on a Tuesday here, so we're not we're not far. It's always, it's always weird time. when you have it's always weird when you have that first day off the week and you're like, geez, it's already halfway through the week and you're barely <laughs> you're barely into it. But uh, I want to give people some direction on request line Friday. Um, I'm I'm still thinking maybe maybe considering some some themes. But if anybody has any idea, we'll. Uh, We'll uh, consider those, but we'll let you know tomorrow for sure what we're going to do with Request Line Friday, whether we're going over. The theme ones have been just really good lately. They have. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of leaning toward... I like having go- themes. Going, going to another theme again here this week. I mean, you could always do... You know, I mean, you could do summer songs, but we have our, I feel like we've kind of done that a little bit, right? You could do vacation songs, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Got any ideas of what you want to hear for a theme this time around? Let us know. It is 8 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln. 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Welcome back to your Tuesday morning edition. Alan K today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Uh, thank you for all your your uh, feedback and ideas. Uh, if if we don't use your idea this week, which we're not because we came up with our own, but we are going to add them to the list. Uh, or maybe this was an idea well, th- somebody this was, suggested. This was based off of Ben's suggestion. Ben's suggestion. So, and the, there and there are multiple others. Guess what, guys? We're going to use yeah, a we variant like all of, of them. That. Yours was, but this one is kind of more time sensitive. Ben suggested... Well, what was Ben's text Ben's exactly? Ben's text specifically said songs about rain. Songs about rain. And, and also, so, going into the top of the hour, we said, oh, we'll think about a theme, give us suggestions, we'll announce it tomorrow. Right. Uh, we pretty much decided. We decided it. because we started talking about Ben's idea, and we liked it, and so we are going to try and uh, break the drought uh, and get my lawn back to serviceable condition. Made this sound a lot like the break the curse part. With <laughs> we're going to try and do that with music. And so it is our drought buster 
Request Line Friday. I think I said Drought Killer you before. You said Drought Killer. Drought Buster know. sounds more drought appropriate. Busters. Yeah, Drought Buster. It's the Drought Buster on Friday for Request Line Friday. So, what's that mean for you? And you need to go, listen, on this one, just realize that there are going to be a lot of people who have the same idea as you. So... Mm-hmm. Try and be original, maybe go a little deeper right off the bat, leave the low-hanging fruit to other people. There's going to be, you know, you can already think of a couple of songs that'll be there, but we want songs that are referencing rainfall, predominantly, uh, thunderstorms, other kinds of storms, storms. really precipitation generally Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. would be fine. Um, So those kinds of things, I guess just, (laughs) get in trouble here, but just like moisture in general. (laughs) I, don't, I mean, I'll let. Just so, I'm going to let you talk through that one all on your own. I mean, just good, yeah, well, well irrigated places. That didn't. That didn't help. That made it worse. That's what we're. That's what we're looking for for Request Line Friday. So you can send in your text now. Uh, but again, I, my challenge to you is try and try and get the ones that not ten other people are going to get. Okay, I mean, right? Somebody's going to request Purple Rain for sure. I got it. But there's a lot of lot of other. And if ways someone says do. Purple Rain, you got to also play Chocolate Rain. <laughs> so there it is. It is the Drought Buster <laughs> Request Line Friday. That's how an executive decision, a quickly made executive decision, works. We uh we discussed during the break. We say we like that one, and we did a little googling to find out. There's a lot more to this genre than I initially thought when Ben mentioned it. So that's actually a thing that tends to happen when when we come up with a theme. Like, will there be enough? Do we think there's enough, or is this theme too niche? We do one Google search and we're like, wait a minute, we have underestimated yes. what is available. And then we were just going on, we were rattling off ideas with the thing. So we have uh, we have judged that there are plenty of songs available for the Drought Buster Request Line Friday. Text those requests in starting right now. Oh, to, we've got one. We already got one. First request is Mosh in. Pit Chad got it Mosh in. Mosh Pit Chad. Does Ugly Kid Joe have a song about rain? No, but Jackal mm. does. <laughs> <laughs> Jackal. It's awesome. That's uh, great. 402-479-1400. You can text those. And text, don't call. Text, don't call. Those are the rules for Request Line Friday. Text, don't call. And don't leave a message with the front desk either. Don't leave a message with the front desk. <laughs> we haven't... We have gotten We have gotten mailed in what chaps your hide Wednesday letters. I'm not sure we've had a mail it, mailed in Request Line Friday yet. Yeah, who's faxing in their request? Yeah, we haven't had that yet. We look, we look predominantly one place and one place only. So I'll, sometimes <laughs> I'll find in my junk mail request from like three weeks ago. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> it's just, we're just, this is just the way that you need to do it right now. So that's what we've got. Hey, I, so I saw something interesting this week. Uh, so we had, we had a couple of graduation parties uh, at, uh, at Holmes Park or at the golf course over there. And so I ended up driving through Holmes a couple of times during the weekend. Um, and I always, I always kind of like to just do that too when I'm driving around is I sometimes detour and I just like to, maybe this is weird. I just like to drive through and see people recreating there. It gets me in a good mood for some reason. I do that all the time. And so I'm pretty well, and having lived in that area for a long time, you know, I'm kind of familiar with what you typically see there. But this weekend, I noticed something that I've seen a little bit, but not a lot. It seemed to be more prevalent this weekend than I can remember it being. 
There are a, a couple of areas, there are two different spots on that lake where it's not necessarily like white sands, like the powdery sands, but there are like quasi beaches that are there. Mm-hmm. And no, people aren't, you're not supposed to swim. I I wouldn't swim there. But there are more and more boats on there than there. Like, I saw more kayaks on that lake than I think I've ever seen before this weekend. But I also noticed that people were posting up with, uh, with, the, with the portable camping chairs or portable chase lounges or whatever, whatever might be out there and just having a day on the beach mm-hmm. out there at Holmes Lake. And, like, I... I always wonder, and, and again, it's not quite as good as really going to the beach because people aren't going into the water, and obviously there's not you know, lifeguards and all of those sorts of things. And I get it. Nobody's traveling here necessarily to go to beaches as a destination. But I also think like there is a, there's a market for that feeling of just sitting by the water and beaching it. Yeah. During the summer, mm-hmm. I think Lincoln could have. I think I, I don't know where would be the best place to do it. They kind of have it at homes, and I'm not sure what if there's a situation like that at Oak Lake or anywhere else. But I don't think it'd be the worst idea to just have a a B, and, and you got to figure out, of course, liability and everything else. But it's already a park, and if you're not allowing swimming, if you had a big, get some good sand in there, maybe or or whatever that you need to do, I think that'd be cool. Yeah. To, to I think I would do that. I think I'd go sit out there, have some uh, absolutely people bring their Bluetooth speakers out there, throw the frisbee around, uh, all of all of that sort of thing. I think people would would want that. There isn't there isn't now. I'm curious. It, I'm sure there are recreation areas or lakes or other things where people are doing that in the area. I just haven't beached a lot hmm. in the. In the state of Nebraska or in southeast Nebraska, it's so nice I'm sure those don't exist. A... But did you have a place like that that you went to? Not growing when you up. you were growing up? I mean, growing up, we had Sherman, Sherman Lake, eight miles out of town. So, Did, But, but like, was, there like, a, but was it, there like a beach situation there at all that people treated it like they would? I know it's not the same as the ocean, but at least right. in terms of the activities that you would do there. They maybe did a little bit of that by the Are marina. People doing that but, at Branch Oak? But like most of the time at Sherman there, like... We were going into different trails, like different camping spots. So there weren't really like it was all muddy or, yeah. or dirt, and you were along there. Yeah, it does. But like li- living in Kearney for several years at at Yanny Park, they have a um, a little lake there, and it's the same thing. No swimming. Now they they you can't take the the canoes out there or the big swans or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there is that nice sandy beach all along the edge. Right. That guess what? People went and hung out on. Yeah, and like it, it was, it was like part of a. It was a different little destination spot that you knew you go just sit in the beach right by the water. I and think yeah, most need... people put their feet in the water. Yeah, that's yeah right. right. I think you're not. I think you're going to survive if you yeah. if you do that. Obviously, people are kayaking in it and uh, and paddle boarding in it. Well, so what what I mean by that is when there's like no swimming. So how much is there that don't go in the water unless you're on a watercraft? Right, but I mean, I'm just saying. The water, the water used to be there at at some point. There were points in that lake's life where mm-hmm. the the water would spill on your arm and you'd start to grow green scales. <laughs> that sounds so bad. 
<laughs> but then they dredged it out, and it's a it's a whole lot better. Like you were taking boats out on that thing for a long time. <laughs> but when I when I mean when I first moved here, I've talked about this before. When we first came here in the eighties, there was a marina there where you could rent where you could rent uh, paddle boats, and you could rent those big. Remember those? <laughs> they were popular in the eighties. Those big like floating tricycle things. They're like bikes that floated on the water. Anybody else remember those? Do you even know what I'm talking about? That just sounds like the inside of what everyone does with like big swan things now. Yeah, but they were actual, I think they had actual pedals on them. Like they, you rode them like a bike and the big, there were big plastic wheels. Yeah, so, so I've, I've gone places where, where there's typically two people for it, not, not one. So these two people sit side by side, and if only one person pedals, then you just go in circles. Right. But I'm curious if there were a plan, like, uh, and I'm sure probably it's one of these private, private housing developments between Lincoln and Omaha. There's maybe a situation like this. But like, if you wanted to go, where is the where's the best place to go find a a public or publicish beach situation in the state? I know they exist. But what's the what's the best? What's the closest that you can get? And what I mean by that, and you're exactly right, Caleb. Like you, you don't want it to be just mud by a lake, right? You don't want it to be vegetation everywhere, like sandy to a sandy to a comfortable degree, enough space that you can do some level of activity, right? Like I said, throw a frisbee around, hang out, uh, bring the Bluetooth speaker out there with you, and play some beach boys, that sort of thing. I'm I'm curious where that is um, for people, but I just thought it was interesting that there were people who were doing that more than I realized. Pawnee West. Is that one? Okay. I've been, I haven't been to that particular part of Pawnee, but I'm I'm sure they exist. I'm sure they exist, but how beachy are they? Is what I'm wondering. It looks like a decent amount of sand. All right. Do people do that? In Mc- is there Mc- areas in McConaughey where people do that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of areas around there for McConaughey. I'm sure there's areas at Branch Oak where they've got that, too, as well. But I, I think that's that's kind of fascinating. But, yeah, let's go. Let's get more. Keep keep finding out. Keep finding out these things that people like to do. Improve the quality of life. Not, and I'm not, listen, calm down. I'm not asking for a tax increase to do any of this, and it's not going to happen anyway. But aspirationally, it's it's kind of fun to think about, fun to discuss. Well, aspirationally, it would be, I mean, that's what we wanted out of the Dragon Lake situation, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, that would have been, that would have been something that seems like it would have been a good idea if they were going to do something like that, is making sure you actually had, like, public beach area. People love beaches. I mean, I don't know. People love there's a beach culture. And again, I get it. Nebraska is not beach central by any means. But if you could make fairly good ones during the summer months, they would be there would be a market for those things. And we got plenty of bodies of water. But again, it's like, I, I don't know, it's probably to some degree that the sand isn't naturally occurring right <laughs> like it would be with the ocean and that's you know you you've got a that's part of the problem and then just the space that goes along and then some of these lakes just don't feel quite right yeah i know what you're saying they don't saying. quite feel, feel like that hey uh dealer dave texan Pawnee and branched oak each have swim beaches but calamus reservoir mm. is by far the best state best sand in the state oh okay that's up by burwell oh jeez 
So that's not, I can't just go there in the afternoon. And... Great white bass fishing up there. Okay. On Calamus. So Brand- that's, that's also where I so got the So and Pawnee do have swimming have beaches. Yeah. Okay. Um, Janelle texted, you can rent kayaks again. Now, it, there's not, it's not necessarily a marina for Holmes Lake. But there, there's a website where yeah. you can go and you can rent. Them. There's, uh, there's the third lake. parties. Yeah, it's yeah. a cool, it's a cool deal, and I'm not trying to put them out of business either. But I think that's how a lot of people mm-hmm. are doing it right now. Is I, I think they do that with paddle boards too. Yeah, there's yep. companies where they'll they'll meet you out there. But I'm telling you, there were, I bet there were twenty twenty plus kayaks on homes like one of the mm-hmm. times when I went through there. That and, and that's just it, it looked really I was excited to see it vibrant again because that whole area that got so crappy. It was it was huge. It was huge. It was a central place when when I first moved here and then they had to dredge the whole thing. Nobody was allowed to have any boats in the water. It was all empty for a while. Like it was and it's getting back. It's getting closer. It's closer now today to where it was. You know, the, in my reference point in the in the mid '80s, when I, I thought it was in its heyday, mm-hmm. at least from what I remember. Yeah. And I'm wondering if there, are, you know, just other other points, other places like that, if if that's something that could be considered for for more of that expansion. So I mean, cool. I, I grew up; it wasn't necessarily a beach situation, but there was specifically if anyone's gone out to Sherman Trail Three, and there's a deep there was a, there was a rope tied to a, a big tree branch that went out. Nice little. It was a. It was a technically a camping spot, but we'd go in there and fish sometimes. It was a great little spot yeah. to go swim. Yeah, and there were ton, and there was tons of fishing too. That was the other thing. So many people out there fishing this weekend. I don't know. It Anyone a, fishing off their kayak? I didn't. I couldn't see quite that far. I, I was driving through. Out the, like that. That's one of the been. things. Um, when I was in college, we had a lake on campus at, at Edwardsville in Illinois, and. We would take some of the kayaks that you could rent from the marina there, and we would go out with our fishing stuff because you could get to spots that you couldn't hike back into. The problem is when you had enough of them <laughs> that were that were all all hooked up, you started basically floating away from your fishing spot because yeah. they'd all start swimming as a group. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I haven't tried that. I haven't tried that. It was fun. I like kayaking in itself is enough. It's str- just getting in the kayak without it tipping is uh, usually stressful enough for me when I've done that in the past. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's I've just, a, it's a, it, it always, it's, it's always impressive to me how busy and, and, you know, busy that place is generally, especially on a holiday weekend when weather's nice like that. Right. But people are definitely utilizing it. Well, it's, definitely. And it, it's not just the parts that are on the on the immediacy of the lake, like the sitting in kind of that beachy area, whether they're kayaking. Right. It's it is nonstop on those trails. It is yes. nonstop on on that playground, uh, the beach volleyball, the ball fields. Every single picnic table just about yeah. is taken. Yeah, I mean that place is getting it is getting, I think more use than it ever than it has in in years, mm-hmm. um, which again is a good thing. So it's you, it kind of the next logical thought is, hey, how can you keep how can you keep making this better? Um, and so I was I was thinking about that. It's so, one of our favorite places to go as a family in town. That playground can get. Uh, it's been a while since I've been on the playground, but that can get busy. It can, and especially believe- especially on those nice days in the winter. Oh, that's all the parents are like. We're going. We got to get out of here. Hey, if if you think uh, if you if you haven't seen that playground, or if you have, and if you or if you go see it for the first time, look at the top of that playground on that little spot. And you're like, oh, 
Those little kids seem to get up there fine, but there's no way a man Caleb's size can get up there. Well, guess what? I can and I have. <laughs> that I can't say I've done. Congratulations. When, when the toddler goes and basically hides out and is like, I'm not leaving. Sometimes you gotta. You gotta go up and uh, huh. you gotta go physically remove them. Push her down the slide like it's a Christmas story. <laughs> All right, it's 825. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Why do you listen to KLIN? Let us know with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Waking babies in the North Bottoms and then helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska Volleyball, John Baylor. Yes, and not in the intro, but some other bio information about John Baylor. Big Boston Celtics fan uh, and saw his Uh-oh. team... Saw his team maybe make an historic comeback, what looked like it was going to be an historic comeback in games down in a seven-game series from 3-0, but they couldn't complete it last night. And so I assume a, a little a little sad JB on the Jack Attack today. Good morning, John. How are you? Jack Attack, not just sad, angry. You can't just be a Boston sports fan and just be calm and disappointed. you got to be enraged. <laughs> And uh, now with the officials, they're not to blame. But, boy, how did this team have such deficiencies after they've been together so many years? No one can play with their back to the basket. No one's got any down low moves. No one can just go get a bucket. You have to be able to drive through multiple uh, defenders of the Miami Heat to even get a guarded layup. Otherwise, all you do is launch a three. Look, basically, I mean, Charles Barkley said it pretty well. He said, all these fools in the NBA, and presumably countless others who are younger just think they're the next uh, Clay Thompson, they're the next Seth Curry, and they just learn to launch. Well, imagine the pressure, because that comes and goes, right? I mean, that's not something you can bank on. I mean, that is a really long distance. I mean, from the corner, it's not quite so long, but you don't have a backboard. So you really just don't have any frame of reference. So it's much easier, in my opinion, although more distant from the elbows or from the top. But that is so far that even the pros can't count on being good shooters every day. Well, you can't have an entire team that relies on three-point shooting because on a day it doesn't happen, you don't have anything to fall back on. And for the Celtics at this late, anyway, as you can tell, I'm not just disappointed. Yeah, I, uh, okay. I, I'm going to guess there's going to be a lot of lot of rumbling after uh, a lot uh, of internal see. strife after that one went down like it did. Bill Russell, Tough. 10 game sevens, 10 and 0. Oh. Wow. Larry, wow. three titles in six years. This bunch. Wait, one title since 86. Yep. My one Celtic title. Mm-hmm. Since 86, that's brutal. That was the Kevin Garnett one, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you can, you can, you can thank Paul Kevin McHale. You can thank Kevin McHale for that one. Yeah. Because Kevin McHale was behind the Kevin Garnett trade. He was the GM of the Timberwolves. That's Once right. The Celtic over, always a Celtic. That was, I'm like, Kev, we love you. Ah, and if if that weren't enough for you, the rest of the state of Nebraska who follows baseball got to see. Uh, Got to see Nebraska baseball get uh, three feet away from one of the uh, one of the better moments in the program's history and getting a walk off home run in Omaha. Max Anderson, we talked about his pure swing. Is he coming back next year? No, he's done. He's For got. Sure? He's getting himself drafted. Yeah. yeah, he's. I think he's a senior anyway. Uh, in eligibility, isn't he? No, he could no, play another he, year. He could play. Okay, he could yeah, play, he but could. it's unlikely. Yeah, I hope you watched him while he was uh, wearing the scarlet and cream because that's his purest swing. 
Millard West Warrior. I mean, he's he's as pure a talent. Now, Omaha per capita produces a ridiculous number of baseball players and soccer players. While I'm at it, I'll just throw that in. I think when you're in the crib, you get handed a baseball or a softball. You get to decide if you're if you're in Omaha. But uh, he's one of the best ever I've I've seen come through there. It's uh, really something, and so close. Baseball, college baseball is largely about arms. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got the staffs change every year. You got no idea who can throw, who can throw strikes, who's going to have a good year, who's going to stay healthy. I mean, it's just it's just a bunch of arms. And and uh, you know, it's Rob Childress on the staff. I like our chances developing arms because he did it for so many. Yep. You know, Shane Comine and so many others, just uh, you know, guys who are really unheralded coming out of high school. So he's a savant when it comes to producing arms but you know know, did we have a bunch of reliable great arms this year my guess is that has a lot to do with the struggles at the end especially um you know we just didn't have seemingly you know the 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 reliable you know double digits of scoring you you know that uh, you you need when you have unreliable when you when your pitching can be up and down yeah college baseball i mean these sec schools that are great every year wow i mean that's yeah, did, tough to, to the regional hosts. Yeah, the, I don't know if you saw the regional hosts, but and, and it always is this way. So this is no it's shock, but it's all south. I mean, it's all yeah, it's all it's all, Wake Forest is apparently unbeatable this year. That's the uh, that's the new team. And those southern schools, those kids play and play and play. They can play ten, you know, twelve months a year. And as long as you're not a pitcher, all that does is help you. And unlike other sports, which I would suggest are more demanding physically certainly aerobically, mm-hmm. like you're not going to have, you know, repetitive injury, um, repetitive motion injuries, excuse me, repetitive motion injuries, unless you're a pitcher. Yeah. I mean, you can play third base all year long. You can play center field all year long and hit and hit and hit. And so by the time you're 18, you're just a much more refined product than these kids who come from cold weather. Anyway, that's what they load their rosters well with. But still, to be good at college baseball every year, that's, that's really some. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I there'll be a lot. There'll be a next year for Will Bolt will be uh, an important season uh, because you don't you don't want to miss if you miss the NCAA postseason three years in a row um, in the Big Ten. I think that'll be that'll probably get some people who are who are starting saying, "Hey, are we going the right direction with this whole thing?" So that'll well, be a really important think, year for him. I think the Big Ten has been fabulous for Nebraska academically. It's been fabulous for the national brand and the prestige. It's been fabulous for revenue. It's been fabulous for volleyball. But it's not a gift for baseball because you went to a much weaker conference, and there's just one pathway into the NCAA tournament. you got to win that doggone Big Ten tournament. I remember when I I talked to the the guys who do the play-by-play earlier this year, and um, Greg, and, and I said, hey, like a month ago, can the Huskers get into the NCAA tournament? And he said, there's only one way you got to win the big 10 tournament. So I'm like, so these regular season games are pretty much sort of practice or like rehearsals for the, the big event. Kind of. Yeah. And well, that, but I mean, that sort of happened at a certain point this year. I mean, they win the, if they were winning those games, those midweek games, if you had five, seven wins to what they did this year and a lot of losses in midweek games, South Dakota state, North Dakota state, Omaha, Creighton, you had five, you had seven wins. And I think it's a different story. Cause there were two teams that did get Iowa and, uh, Iowa and Indiana both got at large bids this yeah. year. Okay. So, okay. So it's, it's, it is possible. Yeah. It's it's possible. And Nebraska has in the past too. I mean Nebraska's never won the tournament, but they've still appeared in in the yep. in that. But you know, you, you feel like they should be making more hay in this conference given where they were when they came in. 
Um, and it's it's yep. a little puzzling that they have because you can tell. Geez, JB, I don't know if you see this in volleyball, but some of these schools, the level of commitment to that that program at that level is so low, just in terms of the facilities, and you can see them um, and the fan interest and all of those things. It's I mean, it's worlds different here than it is at some of the Big Ten programs. Yeah. Uh, how, how is Ohio State bad at anything, especially baseball? And right. Michigan State's up and down. They've got a pretty nice stadium, but I, I guess the, the thinking is there's just no revenue. Um, I think it's short-sighted, but there's no revenue. There's a lot of expense. I mean, you know, you got to travel with all those guys, mm-hmm. and it's pretty pricey to run a baseball program. Yeah. One reason Wisconsin doesn't have one, but, um, you know, it's such a great sport. It's it's I mean, If you think about college sports, I mean, baseball's right there, so – yeah, I you know volleyball you know gets fabulous TV ratings on the Big Ten Network. You're seeing what the attendance um, can bring at schools like Wisconsin, all, all across the Big Ten, yeah. and, they're, and they're charging. In the old days, it's like you know just come on in, and sure they get good attendance numbers, but no one's paying. So volleyball's got real revenue opportunities. Softball's got real revenue opportunities, but I guess the feeling is you can't convince a lot of people to come watch a college baseball game, um, especially with the weather unpredictability. The other thing too is I hope. What college baseball does uh, is follow what Major League Baseball has done. Uh, these new rules for Major League Baseball, in my opinion, haven't saved the sport, but have certainly given it a jolt for the better. I mean, um, you know, it, uh, TV numbers are way up. Uh, attendance is way up. Uh, people did not want to sit around and watch an athletic event for three-plus hours unless it's football. That's the one thing we're willing to watch for more than three hours. It's got to be football. And um, in base college baseball, these games are lasting you know too long. You got umpires that aren't calling the strikes. Call the strike zone. Let's. No one's here to watch walks. <laughs> anyway, there's some there's some imperfections that can be addressed. And, and baseball, major league baseball, has given them a, a great uh, model to follow. Well, JB, do you think the new conference commissioner, with his background working uh, with major league baseball, particularly on their on their TV side and their their app side and all great the streaming, point. but but does does he bring try to bring an emphasis knowing that that can be dollars tapped into for the league? Great point, Caleb. I, 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 it's it's clear. I mean, it's only been two months, but uh, you know Theo Epstein and this committee that came together and came up with these new rules have all right. I, I think they've largely saved the game. I mean, it just was not in its former iteration last year and prior built for Gen Z. I mean, Gen Z, that generation is not going to sit around and wait for, what was it? There was a ball put in play every five minutes. And you got 12 <laughs> balls put in play every hour. Who the heck is going to watch that? And, you know, when was the last time someone under the age of 60 said, you know what, tonight we're going to sit down and watch the Texas Rangers play the Minnesota Twins. We're excited. Don't bother us. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's like, look, we gotta, we gotta pick up the pace. We, we gotta stop these shifts that are, which are killing base hits and killing the action. We gotta make the bases larger. So it's a shorter trip to steal bases. It has made the game so much better and, uh, it was desperately needed. And this can happen. Change comes very slowly to the sport, but now the big 10 can take a look at that. I think there are revenue opportunities for the big 10. I think, um, you know, some of them have pretty decent stadiums. They haven't invested like Nebraska has, but. Um, let's hope they do because uh, there's tons of young people, young boys who want to play baseball, and there's not a lot of scholarship money for them, but they're chasing that dream. And uh, there's plenty of talent out there, and there's no reason the Big Ten can't be more competitive. I will say one thing about that baseball, college baseball, college volleyball have in common um, that that I think they have both really underrated 
postseasons. Um, but Ooh. I think part of that is the way. See now, you know, and, and there's kind of this NFL red zoneification of of a lot of sports Ooh. and baseball. The college baseball tournament, the college volleyball tournament, allow Drama. ESPN to do that, bounce around at games. I think it's. Gr- I, I love watching when my team isn't playing. That's. I love watching that and going around and seeing a variety of games and getting to the best moments in both of those sports. I think it works really well in both of those sports. Maybe even better than it would in in basketball or something like that. And the the drama, the stakes, the winner take all. I just love it. I, the dog piles. I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to sit through South Carolina Vanderbilt right for yeah. uh, five innings, but I want to see the highlights and and as they're happening or. Whoa! Two on, two out, one run ball game. It's two and two. Let's go live now. To you know that yeah. stuff is cool. And they did that with volleyball last year too. They would do the same. I mean, a set was ending, and it was you know twenty three all. You know, Aww. we're going to get you out to, we're going to get you out to Tennessee or wherever they were they were playing. And I saw I saw almost every a little bit of almost every. Um, a game on that second day, that that second round, um, and I thought that was great. I, and it was cool. It's cool to see the different atmospheres, the different places. I think, I think that's actually something that really helps those two TV products, and maybe is going to continue to help them. I don't know how long they've done that with volleyball, but I thought the ESPN version of it was was really good. I'm I'm still a big fan of radio, but you're right. TV does play a role in the growth right. of these. Sports. Well, and that was there. And the Nebraska games on. I'm putting 100 percent of my attention into that one. Yeah. At that point, I'm not flipping around. But when they're not playing, this was a great way to just learn more about the sport too. In both of those, hey, I wanted to ask you, Nebraska volleyball heading yeah. to uh, heading to Brazil. They're they're off to Brazil. What is the what's kind of the plan as far as you know down there? Obviously, well, going to play some matches with with different uh, teams in in Brazil. But what is uh, what are they going to be doing? Learn a little Portuguese, uh, you know, take in some culture. Sadly, I'm not talking to you from Rio. They left yeah. me behind. Sad. They left me behind. Yeah, I made those three trips to China, and you know how technology is is uh, making humans obsolete? Well, count JB in this whole deal. Because in, in the old days, I used to send home critical reports. Like, these were critical. Like, Husker fans were waiting, like, what's going on? Here I am. I, was, I had all the latest and then this doggone technology happened. Now the players just, you know, tweet something right away. <laughs> and and I, I'm, I'm left at home. I've, I've felt rejection before. I remember junior prom. I mean, uh, these things, these things do happen. But my guess is they're trying to stay safe. I mean, Brazil is a country where, you know, you got to be careful. And I know they've thought through all that. Whereas China is so safe. I mean, you do one thing, you know, we may have a lot of quibbles with how China runs its country, but. One thing we don't have to worry about is uh, native Chinese anyway mistreating hmm. uh, um, travelers. Uh, you know, if you if you rob like a a traveler, a, a tourist, I mean it's it's very quick um, penalties. Interesting, uh, and you may not be seen for a long, long time. So yeah, it's completely safe in China for tourists. Whereas you know Brazil. Anyway, the, the point I know they've thought through all that. They're trying to find competition. I mean, one reason historically we've gone to China is that there's just much higher level competition available to play. Whereas in Brazil, and now they've gone South America because there's better competition than there's found in Europe. A lot of these European trips, first of all, they're super pricey. Secondly, it's, it's a cultural trip. I mean, it's a bonding chemistry building trip and you just, it's tough to find good competition in Europe in the sport of volleyball, from what I understand, easier to find in South America. So, I mean, I think they're playing the uh, under-18 national team for Brazil and probably multiple times and probably, you know, the national team of Brazil maybe. So that's that's the goal. But, I mean, historically, it's gone a long way towards 
strengthening chemistry, deciding roles. Um, I've seen players emerge on some of these uh, foreign trips. And there's, you know, there's a lot of points of emphasis right now in focus. We need to find out who the setter is going to be. We need to find out who the second middle is going to be. And then who among the four um, of those auditioning for the outside position, outside air position, are going to get to play? Yeah. Well, yeah. You, I mean, normally you're just seeing, you, you know, you're waiting for fall camp till you get to see them in at that point, And that's practice. That's got to be, I mean, if I'm a coach trying to sort through a roster, I'd, I'd love to have a few games here yep. against competition, actual, com- you know, whatever the level is. Um, I am, I am minimally, you know, concerned about all of the play these kids have gone through this year. Remember, I mean, they go, they go beach. I mean, most yeah. of these indoor teams don't play beach and that's mm-hmm. great. Um, but that's, more very strenuous physical activity. And then he had the, the spring season. And, you know, Huskers don't take the spring season off. Right. <laughs> they're, they're on. Right. And then, boom, uh, they go into Brazil, and they're playing. And, you know, if the Chinese trips I was a part of are any indication. They play. They practice. They play. It's almost almost as intense as a regular season. Mm. And they come back. They got to, you know, they work camps, and they can kind of chill, and then they got maybe a week or two off, and then fall camp begins. Anyway, they're a deep roster, but it's, one thing I'm sure that the, the staff is thinking through is, okay, let's pace these kids. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen, I'm just imagining when they were doing the budgeting, they said, hey, we can send JB to Central City or we can send yeah. him to Brazil, but it's got to be one, not both. And, you know, yeah. tough decision. With Job that, with, uh, budgets, bottom uh, line. Uh, I still, some people get left behind. I still go to the Nebraska volleyball schedule page on the Huskers.com website, and I got the, uh, the Volleyball Day in Nebraska games and nothing else. On this thing, yeah. When do we get non-conference, something? Non-conference is known, but apparently the conference season will be announced that day. So you kind of decide. You learn that day who you're. I don't know. Mid June again. Every year, Jeez. it gets. They're working on this big Big Ten TV contract, I think, and uh, fine tuning that. So I guess that's taking a higher priority than the volleyball schedule. But wouldn't it be amazing if they actually scheduled volleyball matches uh, so that they kind of correlate with football? And so you go travel and watch the Huskers, and you get to go see yeah. the volleyball team play. But, you know, I've been dreaming a long yeah. time, and a lot of my dreams have kind of run into the rocks of reality. Throw them on the same flight. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You got it. It's save some yeah. money, too. I'm, I'd be all for I mean, I know how the opposing team doesn't want you know, a whole house full of red watching volleyball, but... <laughs> That's God, a lot be, of can you imagine you know, a weekend in Piscataway with uh, <laughs> Rutgers football backed up by volleyball? Oh my gosh! It's uh, a lot of dough. You can charge twelve bucks a ticket. True. That goes a little a ways. That's true. So, but why, the other way too. I mean, if Michigan State's playing football here, why can't we have Michigan State volleyball here? That'd be their cool. Fans are going wild. That'd be good stuff. But yep. yeah, again, some dreams aren't meant to be. All right. Well, we'll wait a little longer till we can get those up on the calendar. And uh, if you don't got dreams, you got nightmares. That's true. That's true. All right, JB. Good to talk to you as always. Uh, we uh, we. Oh, by the way, I've got a I got a high school graduate now. So officially Aww. with a diploma, and so there's a whole bunch more of those now after this weekend. I, well, all I got to think about is how, is that how chafed is the superintendent's hand after, by my count, uh, about three three to thirty three thousand to thirty five hundred handshakes this weekend. You just, hand, you just you just hold out a fake a fake arm. He's <laughs> got a dummy you, arm. <laughs> you got a dummy arm. You say shake this. After a while, there's only so much you can do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You hold it up, but but uh, great stuff. A lot of hope and a lot of young people. I think you're going to help pay for 
Social Security down the line, so I'm very appreciative of that. There we go. <laughs> Hopefully most of them are making China feel a lot less confident. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, JB, great to talk to you. I'll have you back with Jack Attack next week. Have a great week, all right? Fire up, Jack Attack. Thanks, Jack. John Baylor, voice of Nebraska Volleyball and expert on many things. 855 Take Break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. That is an interesting, interesting idea from JB if the Big Ten basically... Now, the problem is they play two games in a weekend a lot of times. Right. So two matches in a weekend. They play Friday night, bring another team in on, on Saturday night. So you couldn't... It'd be a little difficult to really completely match up the football schedule and the volleyball schedule because of I, that. I mean, you could do, you could still do a lot of it. Cause you not, could do the Saturdays, I guess, maybe. Well, not if not everyone's at home every weekend in football. So, right, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I guess that's that's true. That's true. You just always have me, meaning you always have the football team that's hosting another Big Ten team that same volleyball matchup mm-hmm. at the same location. On that Friday or Saturday. Now, I'm sure on the scheduling side of it, the athletic department, just from a, a staffing standpoint, because I'm sure some of the people that, that staff Devaney, that might be some of the same people that are used to staff Memorial Right, but Stadium. they have that situation already. I right, mean, they I, still I, have the I, same I day. It's just, the, it's just changing the team that plays. Right, but I, I'm just saying that if the if the football team is on the road, it might be nice to have the volleyball team at home, gotcha. Yeah. Just because then there's no direct competition that week, and the people that are going to travel are going to travel. But I do get what he's saying. It would be nice if you go on a trip to Columbus and you take in a volleyball match Friday, and then you get the football game Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'd be. But he's right. Nebraska fans would take over. Nebraska fans would take over every venue, right? I mean, maybe with the exception of Wisconsin and Minnesota, where you can't get tickets, but. Mm-hmm. But like that place in Coralville, Iowa, yeah, that would be... That wouldn't even be close. Yeah. (laughs) All right, that is it for the show today. We have announced, if you missed it, Request Line Friday is going to be the Drought Buster edition of Request Line Friday. Any songs that you can find, remember, think of, really involving precipitation or precipitation-related events, we would love to have you request, and we're going to see if we can break the drought with song <laughs> on Request Line Friday. And apparently already a very robust response. Yeah, from our good listeners. songs. I like what we've got requested a so lot far. already. So be, if, you, if, you have, if there's an obvious one, just be aware, it's probably already been sent in. Yes, it is. So, if there's an, so maybe see if you can get a little deep with it. I think, that'll be, I think that'll be fun to see all the places that we can potentially go with rain and precipitation storm related songs here on this week's request line friday which is only guys so it's almost the weekend only three days away here we are about the midpoint of the week tomorrow we will be and it's a uh, what chapter had wednesday already tomorrow it's nine o'clock on kli and lincoln <laughs>